Episode 243, Avocado and Palm Oil Hypocrites. It's Wednesday, December 29th, 2021. Time to laugh, drink, think, and feed the orangutan. This is the Paul Truesdell Podcast. Due to our extensive holdings, that of our clients and your host, you should assume that we have a position in all companies discussed and that a conflict of interest exists. Oh. The information presented is provided for informational purposes. And now, Paul Truesdell. Well, Roscoe, what do you say we get started? And uh, this is kind of a, a special, yeah. yes, a special day. Um, here's the way it's, uh, way it's working. So one of the things, it's Wednesday, not Tuesday. I said I would do this podcast this week, switching up the format and doing it on Tuesday and Friday. Now, one of the things I did is, I had a lot of things going on. Tell us why you did not do a podcast on Tuesday. Well, Joanna, I'll tell you why we didn't do a podcast on Tuesday. We didn't do a podcast on Tuesday because one of the things that I discovered is I discovered a methodology that will allow me to basically change up a couple of different things that we do when we do the podcast that will save me about 30 minutes per episode in post-production time. Now, that's a big deal. 52 weeks in a year, 30 minutes, 30 minutes an hour, that's 50 hours a year. That's a lot of time. That's uh, that's basically a full work week for most people. So, as a result of that, if I can save some time, that's a good deal, isn't it, Leon? So, one of the things that I'm going to be doing is we're going to, uh, again, I'm going to do it today. I said, well, should I do it today and make up for yesterday? I heard from you and Pat. Pat, I heard from you that it wasn't uh, on yesterday. I know that. And um, there's a couple other things that we figured out. One of those is that uh, if you don't tell people on a regular basis that you're podcasting, doing an email or some kind of a uh, text message, the, the amount of time that, um, you know, people listen to or get on goes down dramatically. So, one of the things I've been doing in life is I've been getting rid of yes. people that are time wasters. And I'm not going to waste time talking, dealing, or working with people. So, you know, it's just it's just one of those things. And it is, I, I'm working with people I like, I do business with, and are good friends of mine. So with that, you know, it's time to uh, get down to the basics. <laughs> Boy, it was a great little TV show when I was a kid. Did you ever see Rawhide? If you didn't see Rawhide, you got to pull it up and watch it. I'd like to take a rawhide and string up some of the people that are eating avocados and uh, putting palm oil and everything. I'll talk about that next. So if you uh, know of a guy by the name of Clint Eastwood, you've, uh, you can go back to rawhide and you can go, yeah, I've seen that guy. We'll talk a little bit about, uh, well, Roscoe, should we talk about orangutans? Yeah. Let's talk about orangutans. You know, there's basically three major species of orangutans, and just like humans, there's different kinds. 
But these folks uh, are critically uh, in danger. Okay, orangutans are on an endangered list of, of, of animals here in a planet, and it's because of human activity. There are very severe declines in population, and it's due to the, again, wild orangutans. And forget the guys are in the zoo. These guys are slaves. It has to do with poaching. You have these jackasses that uh, like to eat bush meat, and then orangutans just want to eat, so they kind of go into where the farming is, and they eat crops, so farmers kill them instead of uh, capturing them and relocating them. So they talk about uh, that, but here's the big thing. It's about habitat destruction, deforestation, palm oil, the cultivation, the logging that's going on, the illegal pet trade is unbelievable. Now, palm oil is the leading cause of orangutan extinction. 50% of all household foods, that's right, all household foods in the West here use palm oil. My wife is horribly allergic to palm oil, and we have to watch everything that we bring into the house because of that. It's a legitimate thing. Now, it's found in shampoo, it's in toothpaste, it's in detergent, it's in frozen microwave dinners, cookies, peanut butter, all sorts of lotions. And ladies, if you ever, why am I getting a breakout? I got the, uh, these blemishes, these zits all over my face. You're always doing things. Makeup has a lot of palm oil. Now, palm oil is a type of vegetable oil. It's made from the fruit of the African oil palm tree. Guess what? Orangutans like that stuff. So it originates in West Africa. However, it can be grown successfully in any humid climate. We need to basically put in the ground a hell of a lot more palm trees. Uh, we got to get a good foothold on these things. They're in Indonesia. But the bottom line is people are just, oh, it's terrible. <laughs> what's going on in all these animals are they're, they're going to be extinct if we don't knock this crap off oh the other thing is all of you who are avocado eating toast pussyfied city dwellers whose farts make more sense than the words coming out of your mouth yeah you know you people suck i'm telling you because if you understood what goes on to make avocados the number of people who are in slavery, the drug trade, and all the different things that go on in Mexico, you wouldn't eat an avocado. So here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. Stop eating avocados. Stop, you know, put a little dent in the drug trade because that's that has a lot to do with it. And I get it. There's a few avocado farmers in California, but they're getting screwed royally by the folks that are um, really down in Mexico and, and other places. And, and, and uh, save the orangutan. Save the orangutan. Stop buying all this crap when it comes to uh, all, all the different things, uh, food things. Roscoe, you ready for our next item here? Yeah. Reinfections had 90% lower odds of resulting in hospitalization or death. Where did this come from? Some kook? Berenson? Who did it come from? The New England Journal of Medicine study found the New England Journal of Medicine. Patients who survived COVID-19 have such strong natural immunity that their chance of reinfection or serious side effects is minimal, according to a new study published in the New England Journal of Medicine. And that tracks with a massive study that was done by the state of Israel. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, we've been talking about this for quite a while. And one of the things I'm concerned about is I might risk somebody uh, doing something to me that, uh, you know, say, oh, you're, you're anti-vaxxer. No, I'm a naturalist. And one of the things I have talked to you about, I'm going to say this again for those of you who might be new on this thing, uh, we're careful about what we talk because... I have been stabbed, shot, poisoned, frozen, hung, electrocuted, and burned. And, and I'm afraid, you know, I don't want to go through that again, okay? So here's the thing. 
I believe in every single day, strength, endurance, and flexibility training. When I get done with this, do me a favor, get on the ground and do a push-up. And if you can only do one, do one every day for the next seven days. And then next week, do two. At the end of the year, you will, and we got the first of the years coming up, guys. At the end of the year, you'll be able to do 50 push-ups in a row. I can do 50 push-ups in a row. And I'm not a young man. <laughs> not old. I feel as though I'm in as good or better shape than I was in my mid-20s. And I was not in bad shape then either. But the thing that I want you to do is, it's natural nutrition and hydration and everything in moderation. Strength, endurance, and flexibility training every single day. Get in your 10,000 steps. I want you to get up, stretch, and bend. You don't need some course. You don't need to go to some damn class. Bend everything you can think of. Stretch and bend and get that, that blood going. Then what I want you to do is I want you to eat naturally and avoid all the preservatives and all that Damn, palm oil. Yeah. Right, Roscoe? You're my buddy, aren't you? So, uh, Leon, you agree? <laughs> Leon, you always have gas. So, the thing is, I want you to understand, you get, you get the vid, you get the vax. You get the vax, and you get the vid. You get the vax and the vid, they say you got great antibodies. Hmm. I'm wondering if you just get the vid, okay, not the vax, and you got the antibodies, I think you're going to be okay anyways. The problem is, you got a lot of people who put together correlations without causation. And when something's not politically correct, you got to pay the price for it. You know, federal pandemic relief aid has enabled the U.S. Department of Education to make significant investments in under-resourced schools, including many historically black colleges and universities. More than 20 HBCUs are using those stimulus funds to help alleviate students' financial burden by paying outstanding tuition and fees, giving them a fresh start. Clark Atlanta University in Atlanta, Georgia, was one of the first HBCUs to do so. We're committing $5 million, assisting nearly 2,000 students with account balances. We are reinventing the college experience so that our students can graduate nearly debt-free. Students we talked to said they were stunned and relieved by the unexpected financial assistance. A lot of students were contemplating how they were going to start fresh, come up with thousands of dollars. With that announcement, that definitely allowed some students to just breathe. So we're seeing a lot more movement here, and it's taking hold in many schools. We have a lot more on cnbc.com slash invest in you. You know, one of the things that is grounds for criminal prosecution when you're a fiduciary is a breach of fiduciary duties and responsibilities. Fraud and misappropriation of funds is something that we talk about here all the time from an investment advisor, agent, banker, broker, dealer, financial planner, attorneys, accountants, etc. But the fraud that goes on in government is unbelievable. And these are monies that were specifically designed to be used for stimulus funds to keep uh, the colleges open, to keep teaching, et cetera. They're using that money to pay down student debt. So for all of those of you who, you know, you worked while you were in college, you saved, you didn't go on dates. I mean, you know, that pretty girl that you really wanted to go on a date with and do the hoochie-coochie and all that kind of stuff and uh, play around with. Oh. Yeah, you didn't do that. You didn't go out to the nice dinners. You didn't go out in the town. You didn't go down to Florida on spring break because you had to work. I don't know about you. I, I, I think that's, uh, 
Yeah, now you got people just paying for uh, colleges, okay? I mean, yeah, that really does suck, right? Yeah. A new study finds vaccinated people who do suffer a breakthrough infection can have what's being described as super immunity. Researchers found those patients had antibodies that were 1,000% more effective compared to patients who did not suffer a breakthrough infection. So they talk about breakthroughs, but what about the fact that you simply have people that got COVID, they were in good shape, they did not have these underlying comorbidities. They didn't have diabetes, heart disease. They weren't fat as a damn cow. Now, is there anyone here that can tell me why most alligators are abnormally aggressive? I know the answer to this question. Raise your hand. Anybody? Anyone? Yes or you, sir? Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. <laughs> Your mama said Alligators are ornery Because they got all them teeth And no toothbrush Wow <laughs> Anybody else? Hey, yes, a user Alligators are aggressive because of an enlarged medulla oblongata It's the sector of the brain which controls aggressive behavior That is correct The medulla oblongata mama said... The medulla oblongata is where anger, jealousy, and aggression come from. Now, is there anybody here can tell me where happiness comes from? Fauci. No. Anyone? Fauci. All right. Let's hear what Mama has to say. On Fauci. Mama say that happiness is from magic rays of sunshine that come down when you're feeling blue. Fauci. <laughs> well, folks... Mama's wrong again. Uh-oh. Fauci. You're wrong. Mama's right. Fauci right. Mama's right. Mama's right. Something wrong with his medulla oblongata. I got to tell you, I feel sometimes that we're living this whole Vax thing, and if you question anything and they lose their freaking mind, we're living in a world of water, boy. Does, do you ever feel like that? You probably wonder where I was going with this. The bottom line is the things that are going on out there are just crazy, and people sometimes just have this, uh, I, I mean, again, I'm just saying it's just, it's, here, here's another good example. Who wants to get on an airplane? Do you? Arch rivals Boeing and Airbus, a rare joint call for the government and cell phone industry to postpone the 5G cell phone rollout set to go live in two weeks. Oh. The world's biggest playmakers warn 5G interference could adversely affect the ability of aircraft to safely operate. 30, 20, the concern, 5G ground stations could interrupt a plane's radio altimeter, which provides precise altitude readings when landing in poor visibility. That's a big the deal. The recently prohibited pilots from using altimeters during landing in bad weather starting in January when closed to 5G sites. 7,000 runways and 2,500 airports, large and small, in potential interference zones. The airline industry says that airworthiness directive could impact 345,000 flights, 32 million passengers facing diversions, delays, or cancellations. Boeing and Airbus want to limit 5G signals around airports as other countries have. Other countries are very carefully 
regulating 5G so it won't interfere with radio altimeters. Here, it's the Wild West. They can put a tower wherever they want. Tonight, the cell phone industry tells NBC News 5G networks operate safely without interference in nearly 40 countries around the world. There is no legitimate factual basis for a delay in implementation. Yeah, and tell me all about the fact that the government continues to tell me everything is safe and fine and dandy. And those lithium-ion batteries, yeah, don't worry about those. Don't worry about those in planes. No, no big deal. Just because in 2015, a lithium-ion battery in an IBM a computer here at my office in the middle of the night blew up and caused about $1.5 million of damage to contents and uh, another half million dollars on top of that for other items. So we lost about two, $2.2 million all covered by insurance because yes, lithium batteries, they're safe. They're safe. Don't have to worry about, don't have to worry about 5G. You know, it makes me wonder if all these, uh, Airlines that have been canceled, all these flights, if you have some pilots who have said, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to say no to that for a while, and we're not going to fly to certain areas. Oh, but it's all about COVID. It's all about COVID. Authorities in Xi'an apologized for the inconvenience and have said they're sending technicians to urgently fix the system. They're asking residents to please be patient. But according to a Chinese media report, the system's technicians are located in Xi'an, that adds another layer to the problem because they themselves were unable to provide their health codes to go to work and thus haven't been able to address the problem. Their dilemma has caused a splash online. One netizen commented on the situation saying it reminded her of the time she didn't have a mask, yet needed to wear a mask in order to purchase one. Others voiced anger at the situation. A local resident complained, calling it worrisome that a city with a population of nearly 10 million is so poorly managed. Oh, so you got to have a mask in order to go to the store to buy a mask. So if you don't have a mask, you can't go to the store. And so you're stuck. Yeah. Listen, all of you people that are following what's going on in China and saying, oh, if the Chinese are doing it, we need to do it. Y'all are a bunch of, I mean, you got some serious problems, man. Yes. And uh, you, you got to get a life. You got to get. You can't trust them people. Not one way, shape, form, or another. They control this country. They control so many different things. And the sooner we know that, the better. And when you go against them, this is what's going to happen. I have been stabbed, shot, poisoned, frozen, hung, electrocuted, and burned. So yeah, in China they got some problems, some major issues that need to be fixed. But the workers that need to get there can't get there because uh, all of the laws, rules, and regulations, and the big government. Listen, this is what's going on in the world. We do not have freedom. You just don't. And it's a big government's taking over everything. There's ways of doing it. For those of you who are clients, we're going to be talking extensively about how to make money on the ongoing creep of government control in your life. Yes, you may not have to, uh, you may have to stand in line, but we're going to show you again a couple different ways at making money uh, just along, in order to get along. This whole idea of being a slave is real. It is what it is, what it was. Here's another example. Are you concerned when litigation prevents good growth? And are you concerned when a lack of litigation as a result of laws prevents bad growth? I, I am. I am I'm extremely concerned about laws, rules, and regulations, especially those of administrative law basis. You know, most of the criminal laws in this country were never passed by Congress. You have Congress, they pass a law like the EPA Act, and then what happens is just you have this, this regulatory creep, and then pretty soon somebody decides, you know what, we're going to make it a criminal law. We're going to make it criminal to pick up pebbles. If you are within 30 feet of a shoreline and you pick up a pebble, 
or you pick up, you know, in Florida, in other places, they have shells, okay? You have little shells on the beach. We're going to make it a crime that if you pick up a shell on a beach, and it happens to have the that, that design on it, that, you know, of course, is everybody can say that, right? You know, that design, everybody's got one of those things. But if you got it, it's now a felony. And so we're going to put your ass in jail. Congress didn't pass that law. Congress didn't pass that law. Congress did not pass that law. What Congress is, they passed a law that was so broad, and they delegated all the authority to who? delegated the authority to uh, bureaucrats. Immediate problem is indemnification. Pfizer has been hesitant to go into some of the countries because of the uh, uh, liability um, problems or they don't have a liability shield. So we work with the countries to try to do that. But I think also some of the other vaccine manufacturers may be able to uh, go into countries because they're operating through subsidiaries. This is all something that we're exploring. And our goal, my goal, is to have vaccines available for people throughout the developing world based on what their countries decide. We've got financing available, uh, but the, the, the countries need to choose systems and then begin buying or, or receiving the vaccines. You know, sometimes I think that you hear, you hear these things like this, you know, we got to have indemnification. You know, people are hesitant. Oh, Pfizer, we got to have that liability shield. What do you think is going on? The State Department and our federal government, they're using foreign aid to bribe countries to get the vax in. Then what do they do is they say, oh, look, this country, that country, everybody's doing it, so we need to do it as well. It's called the Wikipedia effect. If you want to manipulate Wikipedia, what you do is you get a bunch of goofy little articles written all over the green earth. Then you write your item saying, oh, how great you are, referencing these third-party items, and then Wikipedia buys it. The CIA's been doing it for years. It just makes me want to, yeah, scream. What was that? Yeah. So one of the things we've done is we've done a few things different. Listeners may have noticed a change in the recording of this podcast. What changes have been made and why? Well, we've done this because it's better organization. You know, I'm already at the 21-minute mark, and you can see I'm flying through this. Again, it's a whole new set of technology features that we've uh, developed, and uh, I think it's going to be kind of cool. Bottom line is, by doing what we're doing, we're really able to, uh, again, do a better show, less time, et cetera. So with that, I would appreciate it if you tell family, friends, neighbors, relatives, and coworkers oh. about the podcast, and it's just a way of uh, getting them to uh, get engaged. Let's move over to... Uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, how are you doing, honey bunch? Jurors ended a fifth day of deliberations on Tuesday without a verdict in the trial of Elizabeth Holmes, who is accused of defrauding investors, patients, and advertisers when she served as chief executive of the blood testing startup Theranos. Holmes, age 37, mm -hmm. faces nine counts of wire fraud and two counts of conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Each wire fraud charge carries a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison. She was able to pull off the scam by assembling a star-studded board of directos who were only interested in the fluff, puff, and large compensation checks. You know, one of the problems when you have a jury trial, and my wife and I uh, experienced this when we she was the lead plaintiff in seeking a class action against the Marion County Sheriff's Office under the administration of two complete morons, in my opinion. One had to be removed from office. One tried to run again and had his ass handed to him. Nobody wanted these guys around. The bottom line is that uh, you had a corrupt federal court system and you had idiot jurors who didn't understand what was going on. 
And you literally can get away with bloody murder as a law enforcement officer in this country. We all know it. But the thing is, for those of you who are black and say, oh, if you're black, I'm the only one that's a victim. No, no. We had thousands of women here in in Marion County that were abused by a a sergeant in Marion County Sheriff's Office that ran their tag. And I think he was a stalker. I think there's issues there. We made the allegations. We won the class action. And just like... Donald Trump that beat the NFL uh, in a class action years ago when he was putting together his football league, the jury then said, well, yeah, but we're going to give you $1. You know, you just can't make that kind of shit up. And that's exactly what it is. So in the the, uh, Theranos case, Elizabeth Holmes, what the hell are the jury? I mean, they should come out and find her guilty like instantaneously. And they just simply probably can't figure out correlations and causations. I'll give you another example. New research has found that chances of developing Alzheimer's disease was decreased by using what, Viagra? That's right, Viagra, this uh, drug that itself was also formed by a happy accident. You know, it's known by the... uh uh, named sildenafil as well. It was initially developed as a blood pressure drug, and it's all later found that it could also treat erectile dysfunction. So a group of researchers actually looked at uh, insurance claims from more than 7 million patients, and they found that they saw an association of a 69% reduction in Alzheimer's disease among Viagra mm. users. Now, I've been talking about this before. You got boner pills that are helping people with Viagra, and I'm wondering, well, is it is it the Viagra that's helping them or the fact that they're having sex and they're getting uh, their brains unclogged? I actually think that's a, a legitimate thing. What do you think? Oh. Yeah, it could be a legitimate thing. So correlation and causation are things that are just a matter of fact. But here's the thing, you know, okay, Viagra, Alzheimer's, Viagra, Alzheimer's. Oh, give everybody a Viagra. But when you have ivermectin and other drugs, you know, no, 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 no. That big pharma, big pharma. See, what's the, what's the issue there? Viagra is something that big pharma wants to sell. So if it's good for Alzheimer's, great. But if you've got something like ivermectin and you got these other things that are very low cost, that's bad. That's real bad. Right, Roscoe? Yeah. So here's the thing. I just heard from a friend in New York City today who did that last week. This is someone with three shots and has had prior COVID. So he's about as immune as you can get. And he felt badly yesterday, tested himself this morning and is positive. Here's the problem, folks. you got people who feel bad. They're tired. They're fed up with it. There is a sense of endlessness accompanied by growing psychological distress resulting in depression. This is a common topic of conversation worldwide, and it is finally being discussed in Washington and elsewhere, as the realization that civil unrest and talk of revolution picks up. This is a topic of discussion in Asia, Europe, Africa, and the Americas. After two years of zigzagging policy and roller coaster emotions, unnecessary economic, health, and personal freedom loss, along with tantalizing, but false claims of success, the closing borders and intermittently shutting down people's lives, resilience has dwindled. One teacher stated recently to a propaganda-based journalist, I know it will only get worse, it won't stop, the pandemic will only turn more life-consuming. It is all chaos, like a fantasy film. You watch all these apocalypse films and realize their writers were real prophets. Yeah, I mean, here's the reality in life. You got all these people that are depressed. They're fed up. I've seen it. Do you think I haven't been a little bit frustrated with the ability? Oh, you can't get out. I have some family members that are very concerned about this, others that are not. And, you know, you're afraid to even talk about this thing. Tired of uh, being jerked around. We're all tired of being jerked around. Fauci? 
My God, we're going to talk about for clients how much money this guy is making. One of the things we probably talk about in the near future, we're going to add a segment about people and their pensions in California and everywhere else. Yeah. I mean, it is unbelievable. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, one and all, that was our new format. Hope you enjoyed it. We're getting at the 27-minute mark. What do you say we get out of here? Let's rock and roll. Thanks for joining me. I had a great time, and I'll see you on Friday. The Wrap-Up. This has been the Paul Truesdell Podcast. The Paul Truesdell Podcast is sponsored by nobody. Why? Because paid advertising chokes and corrupts free speech. Bandwidth, production, and hosting for the Paul Truesdell podcast provided by Fixed Cost Financial. The home of fixed cost investing. A true fiduciary-based registered investment advisor and manager. Visit FixedCostFinancial.com. That's FixedCostFinancial.com. This is called Ride of the Valkyries. It's by Richard... Wagner, spelled Wagner here, W-A-G-N-E-R, pronounced Wagner. This is one of Wagner's best-known pieces. It was first written by the composer on uh, the uh, July 23rd, 1851. He completed the first draft of Ride in 1854. The full orchestrated composition took place on March Wagner was one of the greatest composers in the history of the world, and uh, his this song was used in the movie Birth of a Nation in 1915, the year my father was born. What's Opera Doc, eight, uh, 1957, about the time I was born. And then uh, it was in, in Apocalypse Now, 1979. You might remember when the Air Cavalry Squadron was coming in, and mounted speakers were coming in for the Viet Cong. You've got that village that's controlled. It's psychological warfare. We're motivating our troops. We're going to kick some ass and take some names. Wagner was born on uh, May 23rd, 1813. Died in W.H. Auden once called Wagner perhaps the greatest genius ever. Auden was uh, born in 1907 uh, and uh, lived until 1973 as a British poet. And he's he has some really amazing things that he accomplished. And uh, so look, look up W.H. Auden, A-U-D-E-N, and what he said about Wagner. 
So we're going to play this out, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. If this is the first time with my podcast, we always put something at the very end. Enjoy this. This is called, what? What is it called? You know what it's called. Ride of the Valkyries. We'll see you on Friday. We're going to play it out. Got about a minute, 14 seconds. Enjoy.